Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this morning. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Alma Coffee, sustainably grown, veteran-owned, and direct trade. Which means, of course, from seed to cup, there are no middlemen. Please go check them out at myalmacoffee.com and go visit their roastery cafe at 3448 Holly Springs Parkway in Canton. Ask for Leticia or Harry and tell them that Stone sent you. You guys are in for a real treat this morning. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast. First up on the Cherokee Business Radio Show this morning with Grizzly Softwash, Mr. Dennis Lopiccolo. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Well, it is a delight having you in the studio. We've been talking for a while. You have a lot going on in your world, but we finally got it scheduled on a day that it would work. And I have really been looking forward to learning more about your business. Can you give us a little bit of a an overview, mission, purpose? What, what are you out there trying to do for folks? Well, we're cleaning one house at a time here in Cherokee County. <laughs> we're also, we also serve uh, Cobb County and North Fulton. And uh, basically what we do is we clean the external exteriors of buildings. So that could be anything from the roof, siding, down to the foundation, walkways, sidewalks, parking lots, and so forth. So we're an external cleaning company. And we specialize in pressure washing and soft washing. Okay, the difference, please. Well, I think I understand what pressure washing is um, because I have gotten a really sore back trying to do it myself. And as I've gotten on the deck, right, as I've gotten older, I've decided to write more checks. <laughs> uh, so I think I understand pressure. But can you give us a little primer on pressure washing, soft washing, the sure. difference? Yeah. Sure. So the diff- big difference is the amount of pressure that you're using. So pressure washing, as everybody knows that you see someone out there with a wand, wanting and bending over and hurting their back. Um, (laughs) And that's pressure. And generally, most pressure washers are running from anywhere from 2,800 pounds per square inch PSI uh, up to 4,000 PSI. And um, pressure washing, from how we use it, is mainly used for hard surfaces like concrete, Uh perhaps some brick surfaces. Um, The other side of our business is soft washing. And so soft washing is the mixing together or the dialing in. We have a system that actually can dial in the amount of chemical we use versus water and such. And so we'll dial in that ratio depending upon the surface. It's a different ratio for a roof versus the siding of a building versus maybe pre-treating concrete. So soft washing is is very soft as opposed to – 2,800 to 4,000 PSI, it's really like garden hose pressure. So it's anywhere from 60 to 80 PSI, a lot lower. Um, It's applied, the cleaning solution is applied with a fan spray, so it's very gentle. You let it rest on the surface for a bit. It it takes care of cleaning up the algae and the mold and the moss that may be growing there, the mildew. Uh, It raises up. The grime, because there's a soap, a surfactant within that solution as well. And then we just rinse it off. 
it's a simplified version of the process, but that's <laughs> in essence that's what it does. Okay, so how often, from a practical standpoint, should a home be be washed? I generally tell folks every, anywhere from eighteen to twenty four months. Okay, really depends on the environment around the home. So if there are a lot of trees, a lot of shade. Ah, uh, yeah, but that impacts y- it, right? Yep, that roof and that building is going to collect moisture and hold on to it, and that mildew and and uh, algae love moisture. They love shade. <laughs> they don't like the sun. So they're going to gravitate towards that. So every 18 months to, to two years, some people get their home cleaned every year, huh. um, which is great. You know, one of, the, one of the benefits of that is that it, it keeps your paint fresh and it extends the period of time between ah. when you have to paint your home again. And would you recommend staggering it? Like, come do the, the siding this month, come do the roof. Next month, come do the, the concrete. Or is it better, you know, hey, Dennis, get your, get your crew out here and let's just knock it out on yeah, every March or whatever. Let's do it out, Want every, all of it. While all your crew's out there, then they can, they can make done. the adjustments yep. on the stuff. Yep. They got all the equipment. Yeah, because there's, there really is value in, in doing it all at the same time. Okay. Abe, we're already on site. Yeah. We're already dialing in the mixture that we're going to need. So we can do roof and we can do the siding of a home. Um, and we can have, you know, two guys working on that. Right. We can have another one or two doing the concrete areas around your home, depending upon how much you have. So it's best we just, let's come in, let's get it clean. Um, let's get that house popping, curb appeal popping, and uh, uh, let's get it all set up for you. So I'm operating under the impression that this is true for the, for the sides of the house and the roof as well, but I know from personal experience it really does pop when you knock out the driveway, right? Yeah, I mean, sure it, does. And um, I, I will never do it myself again, and I'm sure I didn't do it right, but just knowing how well that pops. But you're saying the same thing happens if you really if you, if you wash that roof. And, because that roof gets that mildew from the trees and stuff. It does. And that can, you, can, you can clean that and not have to make the investment in a brand new yeah, roof just yet. Yeah, what's great about popping the the roof is that uh, when it's cleaned, it definitely pops. It almost ah. looks like a new roof again. And that's never one of the, occurred. Did you guys know that you could clean a roof? Uh, you guys can't see us. We have some other guests we're going to visit with in, 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 a, in a few moments. And uh, so I'm not the only one. You didn't know you couldn't clean roofs, right? Yeah. It's, and a lot of people don't. Okay. So soft washing has been around quite honestly for about 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, our business started in 2018. It kind of just started getting known Every year, there are more and more people know about soft washing and know about, hey, I can actually clean this roof. I don't have to replace it. And we actually have some relationships with some roofing companies who may ah. go out to make a call because the homeowner says, man, this roof looks terrible. We need to replace this. And the, and the companies come out there, which are reputable companies, will say, you know what? No, you just need to clean it. Let, let, me, let me hook you up and give Dennis a Grizzly soft washer call. And so we'll go out there and we'll clean up that roof. And it literally restores the roof back to looking new again. You know, and, and it won't, it won't, um, what it doesn't do is repair any damage on the roof, mm-hmm. but it will absolutely make it look great. I'll bet. So I was going to ask you a little bit about the, the whole, how the whole sales and marketing thing works for a company like yours. It sounds like you are, um, part of maybe several ecosystems or isn't there kind of a, a real estate ecosystem where you've got realtors and you've got mortgage brokers and you've got 
inspection people and and determine the reason I I have a little bit of a feel for this is as we speak for those of you who hear this a year from now and a lot of people you know all a lot of our stuff is listened to on demand uh we're in March of 2021 right now I'm about 30 days out my wife and I from um moving into a home less than a mile from the studio <laughs> that we're that we're broadcasting so I mean as recently as yesterday to to finish up what we promised we would do to close the other home in East Cobb the um, the termite bond people came out, right? So I'm talking to them. We've read home inspection reports on both sides. At any rate, are, are you kind of um, just part of that ecosystem and, and, and you guys uh, help serve sometimes common clients? Is that- uh, we do often. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're basically in the home services category. Okay. And okay. so we're providing services to help homeowners either get their house ready for sale or get it ready for paint. Right. Or just in general, just renovating the property, which means giving it a good cleaning. Or if you're, if, and once you're getting to the new one, if the people you bought it from didn't do that, maybe that's something you do before you really get settled, you right? You get go. your team out there and knock, and knock. Okay, so I have yep. to talk to my wife, Holly. <laughs> yeah. You may have just picked up a new client. <laughs> awesome. Let me give you my card. There, there is no, in my home, I don't know how it is if you got, there is no stone money. There, there's her money and our money. <laughs> there is no, so I don't know what budget is really available. <laughs> But I, but I really like the idea. Okay, let's back up a little bit. Backstory: How does one find themselves in this business? Like, can you give us a little bit? Yeah, it's a curious, <laughs> curious story. After uh, spending about thirty years in corporate, um, wow, really took, a, took an early retirement, so to uh-huh. speak. And uh, my son and I, uh, Matt, uh, we uh, we actually looked at different businesses. And Matt's a serial entrepreneur and was huh. very successful in a plumbing company and. Uh, was looking to take on something else. And so, you know, I came alongside him with this and we started this in 2018. And I've always been the general manager, so I've always managed the, the company's uh, growth and, and and the teams and such mm-hmm. um, and our client base. And so uh, it was going pretty well. Uh, in uh, August of last year, um, I purchased uh, his uh, ownership of the company. And so I own it uh, – 100% right now, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it's going really well. It's going really well. It's been interesting. It's been interesting coming from corporate and coming into a services business and having to learn the business. And there, believe it or not, there's a lot to learn, a lot of little, oh, little pieces that uh, once they fall into place, the cleanings go very well. And at this stage, you know, we're into our fourth year, and uh, uh, the cleanings go very much as they should um, and as as they uh, very simple to do for us in a sense not totally not only mean simple in the sense that it's you know real easy to do but there's a lot of little intricacies right that you have to be aware that would of never occur to the other people in this wouldn't. room right Correct. you've got the system you got and you've got an efficient machine at right at, at we've got a whole point. process and a whole methodology to looking at a home and cleaning a home and either be it cleaning one surface or cleaning all the surfaces, that makes the project go very smoothly. That's fantastic, which allows you to scale if you choose, replicate if you choose, and at the very least run a very efficient and effective organization. So don't answer this if you don't want to. You can just call past. But I'm trying to envision you coming home to your spouse or significant other from what I assume was probably a very lucrative corporate career. You know, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. I'm going to start washing house. (laughs) 
what was, do you yeah. mind if I ask what that conversation was like? It was actually looking at myself in the mirror saying, what are you doing? What dude? You- <laughs> dude, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it really has turned out to be a great business for us. Yeah. Um, I meet some great, great people that love our client base. We've got a lot of returning customers. Um, and uh, we're really able to add immediate value. Whereas in the corporate world, you don't always see that immediate value. Yeah. But the thing that the guys and I, uh, the team that works with me, uh, enjoy the most is being able to see that instant gratification of seeing the before and after and knowing that we've brought that before and after about. And you see and that in a day, that, right? You, you see that, see that, in that, half that a day. day and you, you, know, you walk your, your client out and say, let's take wow. a look at before we wrap things up. Let's take a look at the property and walk around and look at the areas we've cleaned. And yeah. what do you think? What do you see? Did we miss anything? And um, nine times out of 10, almost the first thing out of their mouth is, wow, that looks amazing. Wow. Oh, that's yeah, great. So that's, we kind of do it for the wow. Yeah. I call it the wow factor. Well, no, that's a big part. If any of us are in that entrepreneurial arena, we get as, as much, if not more, from the emo- the emotional compensation, right? From from getting that wow or someone that's sincerely, genuinely, you've impacted their life in some way and you can just tell it. And yeah, the checks need to clear and we need all that to make the machine work. But that's a big piece of it for us, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, we've cleaned uh, several homes um, that have, uh, d- during their pre-listing period uh-huh. and they just pop from the curb. And, and of course it's a great real estate market right now, but within three or four days, those homes are usually sold. Wow. Now, um, is it, um, do you have, or is it conceivable that at some point, maybe when the, as the dynamics change and they always do in the real estate market, that you'll have a, a really good relationship with a handful of realtors and, just like the home that we have, we were very fortunate. We got a full price offer before it ever went on the market. She just did one of those little coming soon announcements to her, you know, to her uh, yep. uh, cadre there. Um, but where you would have that, and that's, and, but part of her process was she just automatically having it staged was just part of the deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I wonder at some point, will you maybe, will you have relationships where a realtor either at least recommends, if not said, okay, here's what we're going to do, Stone. You know, we're going to do this, this, this. We're going to have it washed on Saturday. <laughs> Is there some of that, or that? Yeah, we do have some of that. We do have some realtors that'll call us with their home listings. Yeah, of course, it's always up to the homeowner. Sure, um, but uh, we absolutely do that. We absolutely get homes ready for market. I think that's great. Any um, commercial work? Do any commercial? Yeah, stuff? we sure do. Um, we do a number of restaurants here in the Woodstock area. Ah, um, and uh, we also do uh, commercial buildings. We've done several mm-hmm. churches done some office buildings, some office complex. We generally try to stay three stories or below uh, for insurance purposes. <laughs> Sounds um, like a good call. And, uh, and they, they come out great. Uh, they, they clean up really nicely. Uh, so I know you're not confined to Cherokee, but you do quite a bit of work in, in, in Cherokee County, it, sound, yeah. it sounds like. Um, what is your take on the, the business climate the just the the vibe my early take is i i am blown away at the at the support and how people really want to help me make this little studio thrive and I, they're not they're really trying to help me yep. has that been your experience in this woodstock cherokee area i've had the same experience yeah uh, cherokee county is uh, very helpful to entrepreneurs they're very accepting to new businesses mm-hmm. uh, being established in cherokee county um, uh, the folks at the economic development, uh, 
group have been awesome. And um, uh, I've really enjoyed my relationships with Cherokee County. Yeah. Um, we also have relationships with Cobb County and North Fulton. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have great relationships there as well. Um, but Cherokee County is home for us. Ah. And uh, uh, we've really enjoyed being part of the business community here in Cherokee County. Uh, before we wrap, um, I asked you before we went on there if we could talk about this a little bit, and, and you said yes, so I'm going to take you up on it. Sure. I'd like to learn more about this um, this Million Cups. or I've heard of them. Can you talk a little bit about that mission purpose and get us up to speed on, on that? Yeah, absolutely. So One Million Cups is a uh, networking and entrepreneurial group that was started about a decade or so ago by the Kauffman Foundation in Kansas City. Okay. And they started it because they felt that there were so many entrepreneurs in Kansas City and how do we bring them all together and how do they benefit from having relationships with one another. And so it went really well for them and then they expanded across uh, the country. Um, In Cherokee County, um, all of the cities within Cherokee County send a representative um, to uh, represent their particular city. And we meet twice a month. Uh, sometime uh, first of the first Wednesday of the month is here at the circuit here in uh, downtown. Oh yeah, uh, just right down, Sutch, the street right down the street here. Yeah. And the third Wednesday is usually at a business location, and we get together to network. We get together to hear about uh, a company who will come up and be a presenter. Uh, an entrepreneur will present their company talk about who they are, what they do, why they do it. And then they bring uh, one to three uh, challenges that they have with their business. The the presenter or the... The presenter will. So they could be stuck in the marketing or they may be stuck in financing or they may be stuck in whatever area. And what's interesting is that as new entrepreneurs, new businesses up until about five years old, all kind of go through the same stages or similar stages and have similar challenges to the business, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. And so um, the presenter will present those out, and then we kind of crowdsource from the folks in the room as well as online uh, to help give them suggestions or give them a different perspective to look at their business issue that they may not have thought about before. And the whole intent is to help them get over that hurdle to help them solve that business issue. Yeah. And it works really, really well. What a marvelous opportunity because I'm, I'm sure there's a, there's a whole continuum of um, experience base in that room, but some of those folks are the Dennis Lopiccolos of the world who, not that you didn't have those struggles, but you've got the scar tissue, you've learned some things, mm-hmm. you can offer a perspective. I, I think also sometimes it's great for... Someone in the radio, business talk, radio relationship business, to get some counsel from somebody in the soft wash business or the surfboard business, like a totally different, you know, like sometimes I think that can be as valuable, if not more so, than talking to someone else, you know, in broadcasting or something, right? Yeah, what's interesting is that you have common issues in running a business, Yeah, be it where to hire people, how to hire people. How do I manage my books? Do I bring a bookkeeper in? Do I have my CPA do it? Do I need to have books? You know, some folks are at that stage. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so books. I, what I, do you I mean? Can, I, I write everything down. <laughs> I write it all down on this ledger. But you mean I have to have books? What do you mean? 
Um, so there are common issues, and some of them are just novice entrepreneur issues. Some mm-hmm. are more complicated, like, okay, I'm ready right. to stage to build this company up. You know, it's like Grizzly's got one truck. We want to go to two. We want to go to three. Right. How do I do that? I'm stuck at this point. You know, and there are other entrepreneurs in the community who've already been there, done that. And so they're in the room or they're online, and they're giving their input to help give some insight into this is what I did or this is what I suggest, or based upon what you've told us, this is what my recommendation might be. You know, wow. And it really, it really does help the entrepreneurs. We'll, we do something every six months where we'll bring back two to three of our presenting entrepreneurs that have presented in the past, mm-hmm. and they'll come in and give us an update on their business. It's really cool to oh, hear. Oh, bet. You know, when I was here at Million Cups, someone suggested this, and I, I took that mm-hmm. advice, and wow, this happened, or uh, I, this didn't work, but I tweaked it a little bit, and then we ended up with this. And So it's, it's, really, it's, it's really a cool platform. So back almost to what we were talking about from a um, standpoint of uh, emotional compensation and, and the ways that entrepreneurs and business people can, um, can be rewarded, I, I get the sense that being part of this um, One Million Cups organization, it, it, I, you find that real. I can hear it in your voice. I can see it yeah. in your face. You really enjoy. You find that very rewarding, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. It's an opportunity to help others and to serve the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been really good to, to Grizzly Softwash and to me personally. And so uh, it's an opportunity to give back. And I'm, I'm very happy to, uh, to be part of that. Fantastic. So let's make sure that our listeners know how they can tap into the um, One Million Cups. And then we'll swing back around and talk about Grizzly a a couple more minutes. But what is the best way to kind of get tapped into that and start taking advantage of that opportunity? So One Million Cups, national organization. So there's there's an app for One Million Cups. But if you go to Fresh Fresh Start Cherokee uh, on Facebook, you'll see... Uh, references there to One Million Cups. Um, or you can search Facebook for One Million Cups, or you can search Google for it. We're in all the social media sites, okay. so you'll see us there. You can also search us on YouTube, um, Million Cups Cherokee, forward slash Cherokee, and you'll see some of the uh, former events and some of the presenters that are presented before. And with specific respect to the Cherokee group, that's a couple Wednesdays a month, one at this, this consistent place, and then one it, it kind of yep. travels, yeah? Yep, yep, within Cherokee County. Oh, that's, that's cool. neat. Well, keep up the good work. And um, another thing that I think I probably it probably makes all the sense in the world for me and my little team to invest in, and maybe um, I don't certainly don't see any downside in that. Back to Grizzly Softwash. Um, what's what's next? Are you going to kind of ride the crest of the wave? Have you where are you going to be putting your, your your time and your energy over the next twelve to eighteen months with respect to that business? We're going to go out and catch another wave, and another <laughs> and then another. Um, the business grow is growing okay. uh, year over year. The business is growing. The metrics uh-huh. of the business look really good, mm-hmm. and so there's some great promise in Grizzly. So we uh, uh, this year we've increased our, our marketing. Uh, in our advertising, and uh, this year we'll we'll be looking to expand the business uh-huh. um, without going into uh, any of the uh, you know, confidential details. Well, it. sure, but no, when we but have you we, come uh, back, we'll have you come back and tell go. us how you expanded the have business. Have me come back like, in six months. Yeah, there we'll take go. a page out of the no. <laughs> million yeah, no, we're, we're, playbook. We're, 
the whole idea from the beginning was to start in Cherokee County and expand outward mm-hmm. versus trying to go wherever the work was. Yeah. Um, and so we've expanded outward. We're just about to a point where we're ready to, to set another location uh, somewhere here in the northwest metro area. Um, <laughs> you heard it so here So we're first. looking at that. Yeah, so we're looking at that. Um, it's always been the plan. Um, you know, the, overall, we'd love to have three or four, maybe five different locations uh-huh. okay. around the north metro Atlanta area. Um, it, that's in the future. We get it. It, right now, it's just one wave at a time. Right. Catch that wave and uh, ride it and then swim back out and paddle back out, so to speak, and catch the next wave. Well, everybody in this room is pulling for you, and we'll try to help any way we can. It, it, I think it's marvelous the work you're doing there, the work you're doing to try to help other business folks. Points of contact, whatever's appropriate, website, LinkedIn, e- email, whatever you feel like is appropriate so that our listeners can reach out and, and talk to, to someone on your team and, um, you know, have them come out and do the work or at least look at the place. And what's sure. the best way for folks to Sure, connect? best way overall is probably our website, Grizzly, like the bear, <laughs> grizzlysoftwash.com. And on there, you can get a lot of information there. You'll see our contact number there. Uh, you'll be able to email us there as well. So that's probably the best site. You can okay. also find us on Facebook also find us on YouTube and Instagram, and uh, some of my my guys who are twenty somethings now have us on TikTok. So <laughs> you could probably find us there as well. <laughs> the reason I'm laughing, you got you cannot judge a book by its cover. Uh, I thought you know maybe this guy's a little long in the tooth for TikTok, but you know what? You got your team. You got I'm your, right there. Man. <laughs> you know how to capitalize on You're, it. <laughs> well, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show this morning. Keep up the good work. Keep us posted. I'm quite sincere. Let's circle back and talk again. And what might be fun when you swing, uh, when you come back in the studio, it might be fun to have you uh, visit with another market partner, maybe someone from One Million Cups or a delighted client. You know, I just love to get that whole uh, perspective. But this has been a a lot of fun and, and very informative. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's really been my pleasure. Yeah. Hey, listen, can you hang out with us while we visit with our next guest? Sure. All right. Next up on Cherokee Business Radio this morning, we have with us from Pruitt Health Hospice and Palliative Care, Mr. Brett Ellington and Miss London Mayner. Welcome to the show, both of you. Well, thank you. Great to be here. Well, yes, we you. are delighted to have you. Brett, I'll start with you, and then we'll get to the brains of the outfit here pretty quickly. But uh, did you learn anything in that last segment? Well, I did. Um, uh, I always, like yourself, I've done the bend over and get the uh, <laughs> uh, driveway, sidewalk, or deck cleaned, and, uh, you know, six hours later, <laughs> uh, get it done. But um, uh, you definitely see the value. I didn't realize you could clean the roofs. Um, which, uh, you know, if you keep it clean, keep that stuff off, I'm sure that it, you know, definitely elongates the, you know, the, the life of the roof. Well, we're, we're generally, at least in this studio, not very strategic about, Hey, if we're going to have a show and we're going to have Dennis in here, then let's make sure we get bread in here. But I think there's probably a much closer link than I ever would have suspected between an individual, an amateur cleaning their own driveway and palliative care, <laughs> but I don't know. We'll 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 learn more about that. If you would tell us a little bit, describe hospice in general, because I really think that I'm not the only one. I think a lot of folks are less than informed about this whole concept, the depth and breadth 
of what hospice really is, including the, the, the palliative care. Can you kind of give us an, an, an overview? I can. Uh, first of all, just to let you know, I'm, I serve as a hospice chaplain um, and have been a, aware of hospice for many, many years being as a pastor. But it wasn't mm-hmm. until a couple of years ago I really uh, found out uh, what it was about. Both my parents uh, who lived here in Woodstock uh, were able to take of take care of uh, take advantage of home health hospice, and I just saw the beauty of what it offered. It's um, it's a team approach. Uh, first of all, when you you go on hospice, that uh, it's not just one person coming and checking you out. Uh, you've got a, a doctor, a nurse, LPN, CNAs, uh, a chaplain if you desire, social work if you desire, and when wow. when we get back to sort of normal, a volunteer if necessary. Um, but you've got a team that comes to wherever you call home, um, and uh, w- which can be a home, can be a nursing home, can be a, uh, under a bridge, whatever that looks like. Huh. Um, I, I know from my parents uh, in particular, and, and two, let me say, you know, historically, when, when I heard the word hospice as a pastor, I'm thinking, well, it's just a matter of a few days or a week or two, and that be, was my frame of they're reference. They're going to be gone, and I'll be, I'm, you know, if I know them, I'll be, you know, need to get ready for do a funeral or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily the case at all. There's certain requirements, uh, and and London can fill you in on that better that uh, to be on hospice care. But uh, my dad, for instance, was on hospice care for two and a half years. Um, really? So, huh. uh, but again, the beauty, you've got the team and they come to you. Uh, my dad had Parkinson's and so mm-hmm. he, he was declining and his ability to do much of anything wasn't there and which left it up to my mom. Unfortunately, my mom had heart issues, had knee transplants. And so for her to have to get him to a doctor and back, you know, uh, was very difficult at best and, and dangerous. And so once hospice was set up, they came to them 24-7 whenever they had a need, and the whole gamut. Again, if you have a medical need, if you had a, a, a hygiene need, if you had a spiritual need, if you had a financial need, whatever the need is, that team is there to help provide or to steer you to resources that are available. Um, and uh, just, it's just awesome. And the government pays for it. Well, that was going to be my next question. Um, I want to learn more about that because I don't—I didn't realize that either. Let's introduce London Maynard. Hello. Hello there. And what is your role with, with Pruitt in this whole world we're talking about here? Okay, so I'm the community relations manager. It's kind of one part coordinator, one part educator. Um, I meet with the families initially who are thinking of putting a loved one onto hospice. And when I meet with them, usually they have a lot of questions because they haven't crossed this bridge before, Uh you know, they got to this point. Um, A lot of the times they're coming out of the hospital, maybe the doctor's office has mentioned to them that it might be a good service for their family, and they don't know what to expect. So I educate them on that, try to make sure that they have all the information they need, and then also see what they need in the home. Um, And sometimes they don't know what they need. But hospice does cover equipment like hospital beds, um, wheelchairs, anything like that. So what we will do is get a list of their equipment needs and have it delivered to the home before the patient goes home from the hospital. Or if the patient's already there, we can go ahead and have it delivered to their home and then they can just switch over from whatever furniture they're already using. We also provide supplies. So like gloves, 
<clears throat> for sheets, for the hospital bed, anything like that, wipes, um, we will put together something that we call a concierge bag so that when the patient goes home, they have a bag of supplies that they need that they didn't even know they need for their loved one. So I do a lot of the education and then the coordination of, of all of that um, with our office and then with our staff so that we are sending our staff out to the patient's family and home when they need us. So it occurs to me, yes, the patient needs care. And you guys have absolutely clearly got that dialed in. It also occurs to me that the family needs care. You know, I guess not physical, but if I were all of a sudden launched into caregiver mode for my wife, I mean, that is rocking my world, right? Is that accurate? And if so, can you speak to that a little bit? It is accurate, and a lot of patients or their family members specifically are concerned, how am I going to do this? What kind of care are you providing? How long are you there? How often do you come? And what that looks like for us is when our initial um, admission process starts, when our nurse goes out to meet with the family, they're going to evaluate the situation and the patient medically. They're going to see my very clean house when they drive up. <laughs> oh, yes. Because <laughs> I know dentists. <laughs> well, okay, but they got to look at more than the outside. Okay. Right. Well, and, and people are concerned about that. Oh, my house is a mess. We, we don't judge. It's okay. Um, so our nurse comes out, and um, they evaluate the patient. It's almost like a doctor's appointment. They will check the patient out from head to toe. Um, they're going to ask a lot of questions about medications and just what else is going on right. from the family member and then from the patient if they can help with that as well. Um, there's also a 24-hour follow-up with that with a nurse, and they kind of set a baseline for that patient, what's going on with them. They might have just gotten home from the hospital, so things are a little different than what the family member was used to before they went into the hospital. That makes sense. Yeah, so... Um, once they do that, they base the plan of care on that medical necessity, and that's how they plan the nursing visits. So that could be a couple of times a week to seven days a week. We also have a program called Peaceful Path. So if someone is very, very sick when they get home, mm-hmm. we have a nurse come out every day. Oh, wow. And that really helps the family. Um, They're usually there longer during each visit, so they're going to stay out longer than that typical, you know, hour or so visit that they're just there to, you know, make sure everything's going okay. Um, But they extend that visit to really help the family out. We also increase our chaplain visits, social worker visits, and CNA visits when – someone is um, on that Peaceful Path program. Well, yeah, the whole the team thing really surprised me. Mm-hmm. I, I guess in my mind, and of course, that's a really cloudy, dangerous place. We don't want to go there too long. <laughs> but I, I kind of envisioned you know, some sort of clergy dropping in from time to time and somebody in a nurse's uniform. That was kind of, you know, buzzing in and out. Let's talk a little bit about um, timing and triggers, because another thing that surprised me when I and actually we talked a little bit about it on the phone a couple of weeks ago when we first connected, but we talked about it again a little bit before we went on air. Uh, and then you just mentioned on air, um, it was it was really much longer than I expected. So timing triggers. How how do I know when to reach out, or is that pretty much going to get initiated from a, a physician? Yeah, how does it all get started? 
Um, usually it is from a physician or a hospital. Okay. Um, and what you have to have for Medicare guidelines um, is a prognosis, like a disease prognosis of six months or less, and that's just per Medicare guidelines. But that doesn't mean someone's only going to be on hospice for six months or less. Right. Like Brett mentioned, it could be a couple of years. Um, it's just everybody's body's different, so we don't know. And what we do is we recertify the patients every six months. I see. With a nurse practitioner and a, our physician and, and nurses and say, look, they're still declining, so they're still hospice appropriate. And the objective, the mission is... Um well, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to try to ask it. Sometimes I say stuff like I know it, and what I'm really trying to do is ask a question. <laughs> but what I was going to say, you turn it into a question. I will say uh, the, the mission is um, for many of these folks is to, is to make them comfortable and secure their, provide dignity. We're not necessarily trying to reverse the illness. That's not your role. Correct. Okay. Yes, we're just trying to make everyone comfortable and um, just have the best quality of life that they can. Right. And um, really bring families together. I know the chaplains and the social workers are really good at that. Reuniting with some family members that they might not have been in contact with for a while. Ah. Um, so it's really important. And, you know, it's, it is a nice thing. It, it is, it's a scary word. And we, we run into that a lot because people yeah. either don't know or they have a misconception. we got a rebranding mission here, don't we? Yes. <laughs> About what hospice re- right. what it really is. A lot of people do think it's just the last days of life, and that's mm. two weeks or less. But that's definitely not the case. Um, if someone thought that they've got a family member who is very sick and needs a lot of support or that family member needs a lot of support, they can always call and ask us if they're appropriate. All right. So if I had Brett Ellington's pockets, I would be happy to write checks for all of this um, because I, I think I appreciate the, uh, the, the value of what you're describing, but you've mentioned um, this, this thing is funded. It's, it, this is provided for. It's part of our social structure. Yeah. Right. Um, hospice is actually a benefit of social security. Um, and it is the guidelines are through Medicare, so you definitely have to follow Medicare guidelines, but mm-hmm. there's no cost to the families or the patients. There should be no co-pays or anything associated with hospice. All right, so let's go back to let's do what we can to help the the listener out there who may be – I'm not there yet. My, my folks um, are – Every time I'm visiting them, I'm seeing some changes, but they're not anywhere near. I don't think what we're talking about, but some of our listeners, um, that's exactly where their folks are, their sister, their spouse, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know, do's and don'ts, things to look for, things to ask your doctor, just to get a bead on this. Um, anything in that regard would be very helpful from either one of you, I think. Um, yeah, and they can call their doctor. Their primary care doctor might have some insight Usually it's a decline. Um, If they are having a hard time communicating, sometimes that's something, or they can't do things that they could do before, and it's really noticeable. They can't walk to the mailbox without getting winded. It just depends on what their their health status is and what they've got going on, Um, but they can definitely talk to their doctor or any specialist they might see if they have home health in the house. 
Um, Those nurses would be able to kind of tell them what they think is going on and I hadn't thought about that because that's kind Mm -hmm. of maybe a step or two before, right? It is. It is. And a lot of the times you have palliative care in with home health, and that nurse practitioner can kind of um, educate on when hospice is appropriate. So what are some of your biggest challenges or objectives, and and what can dentists do to help? (laughs) See, now you know why I say, can you hang out with us till we're done? <laughs> well, I think just getting no, us what can, on. What yeah. can we do to help? How can we support this? And Yeah. Well, just getting the message out. Like I said, you know, I've been a pastor for 25 years, but it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I realized what hospice really was, what it offered, and what an incredible benefit it was, not just to myself and my parents. And, and you know, in addition to the care, and you asked a question earlier, you know, hospice provides tremendous support to the families and as well as the patient. Every yeah. time I went over uh, to visit my mom or my dad, one of the hospice team was usually there, and they would get me up to speed. This is what's going on. Oh, this is what's great. changed. This is what, uh, you know, to expect. This is what my gut feeling. This is what you need. You know, you need to let your dad know you're going to take care of mom. It's okay if it's time for him to go. Those types of things that if you haven't walked through that situation before, you don't have a clue. Um, and, and so, oh, to, well, no, that, no, that's really, let's don't brush by that. Okay. That's really important, right? Because first of all, maybe it's some of your professionalism, insight and experience and just having a third party there. Sometimes mom is going to say something that you're not picking up on and that can make all the difference in the world, right? Exactly. No, exactly. And that's, <clears throat> The beauty of our team, for sure, but most teams, most of us have been there, done that, and so we understand what's going on. We know what to look for. We know what the next things are. We know what a lot of our patients and families are thinking or feeling or worried about or scared about, Right. and, and so we're able to come and provide that information uh, in addition to making the patient comfortable just to help that transition so that the family knows how to best support the patient how the family knows how to best take care of themselves through right. this process, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually, and to the best they can to get, you know, prepared for, uh, you know, what is coming, whether it's just some transitions. Um, and, uh, again, that and the human body is an incredible thing. And, and a lot of times, like I said, just to give that person permission, we're going to be okay because some people – want to hang on because they care so much about their loved right, ones, but, right. but to help them to go through a, the natural and healthy process. All right. So a way in area to try to help, however we can figure out how to do it. And I do have one idea I'll, I'll share before we wrap here um, is just education, helping you, you have the, the knowledge base, but helping you package it, get it out there to people. That's, that's a huge part of it. Right. And you have resources available I, I, I'm operating the impression like you probably have a website and frequently asked questions and the checklist and the, and now you're going to have, you know, Hey, go listen to our interview. We talked about some of this stuff, right? Um, so that's the, well, let's, here's my idea. Cause I'll mention that. And then I want to make sure that, that our listeners have every possible way of connecting with you. My idea is maybe if you guys want to come in periodically and, um, do in my world, I would call them pro tips. So I don't. That's probably not the right framing, but like almost like a little audio, frequently asked questions thing, you know. And maybe you guys want to swing by, you know, every every month 
uh, or whatever. I don't know. We'll talk about it later. But it's, <clears throat> it might be nice for you or London or the, the two of you to sit down and talk about one. That way you can talk about one little small aspect of it. Maybe it's a little two- or three-minute thing, but we could sit down and we could knock out five or six of those. And it's just one more way to transmit the information. Anyway, if that's something that would be helpful to you guys, I'm happy to explore that or help you um, get a hold of some of the same toys we have in this room, and you can have them at your office, and you can do it there. But uh, I don't know. Just one quick idea. No, I, I love that idea. I think, <clears throat> again, a lot of it's education. Yeah. And, just, uh, and when you sh- share about something, they go, gosh, I didn't know that I could do that or that was available. Kind of like Dennis told us today. I didn't know that we could clean our you know, No, that's roof. brand new information and, and to me. so when that information gets out, people that register say, hey, my roof, let me take a look at it. Let me give Dennis a call. And same for us. Yeah. It's just people just don't know. I mean, it probably sounds silly to you, but, you know, because you're in that world. But, I mean, it, it doesn't occur to, to Oh, people. it's not silly at all. I mean, before I got into the business, I never thought about cleaning my roof either. <laughs> right? I, I remember looking at a home. We were going <clears> to <throat> purchase a home <clears throat> up in Canton. And the first thing I said to my wife was, oh, we're going to have to replace that roof. Uh-huh. Not true at all. <laughs> a couple of years later, I got into the business. We cleaned the roof. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but back to something London said. I think whenever uh, you know a family situation, the the patient takes a a, a significant turn for the worse, mm-hmm. or just different, or the the caregiver, whether that's a spouse or a other family member, gets to the point where they feel inadequate or they're not able to meet the needs properly or they feel overwhelmed with the needs of that patient, mm-hmm. that that's a great time to reach out uh, first to, like you say, your, your doctor or uh, you know, to us or someone who could say, well, this is what we have to offer. Let's come out and check it out and evaluate the situation because uh, there's several different levels of care. Obviously, hospice yeah. is, is you know, kind of the last piece, but there's several levels that, that we have, you know, can offer to help supplement what the caregiver is doing, especially when they're in the home. And, and so many people are, if they can, they want to stay in their home for that comfort. Oh, level. I'll bet. Sure. Okay, so points of contact to tap into the, the, um, the resources that are available, whatever you feel like is appropriate. Let's make sure we leave our listeners with that. Okay. Um, of course, there's... PruittHealth.com, and we spell Pruitt, P-R-U-I-T-T, and that's health.com. That has a lot of our information because we have a lot of post-acute care, home health, hospice, palliative. But if you want more specific information on palliative or hospice, you can always call our office at 706-602-9546. Marvelous. What a delight to have you guys join us. Thank you so much. And I'm quite sincere. Let's talk some more and see if there's a way for us to try to, you know, contribute some of our toys and processes. And if we can, if we can help, we certainly will. But thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio. Mm-hmm.